Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Project 99. What is this, episode four? <laughs> it is episode four already. <laughs> Holy moly. Okay, yeah, episode four. So we're going to do something fun today. Um, it's, it's more fun for me than anything else. <laughs> conspiracy theories. Yes. I'm very excited. Well, I guess some of them are just conspiracies. I think conspiracies. They're I, not even really, they're yeah, just conspiracies. They're right. not even theories because they've been proven correct. <laughs> right. So I think conspiracy theories are popular because there's like one for everybody. Yeah. So like is. if you hate the government, there's a conspiracy. There's tons of conspiracy theories for that. If you like, I don't know, aliens don't really fall into conspiracy theories, but there's like a whole subject, like there's a whole or like musicians phenomena. Like that there, gets, there's all these musician conspiracy theories. Right. So, what's your favorite conspiracy theory? Oh, man, that's a hard one. I feel like um, I was always a big fan of the 9-11s and Inside Job, but I, I mean, I just believe that, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily consider that a theory. I just think it's true. Um, the Paul is Dead from the Beatles, that was one of my favorite conspiracy theories where uh, supposedly Paul McCartney was replaced with a man named Billy Shears who then took, uh, basically took over where Paul McCartney left off. Um, and they like hit all this stuff in their songs, which if I remember right, John Lennon said something uh, back before he was killed. People asked him about it and he was like, yeah, it's just a marketing ploy. But apparently uh, like that's what it's come out as. It's just, it was just a marketing ploy. Mm -hmm. um, but um, that's one of my favorites. The Paul is dead. And, you know, I love the Beatles. So like analyzing all those songs and like trying to find the Easter the clues, eggs. Is, right. It was Easter a ton eggs, of fun. Right. Um, What's the first conspiracy you think you can remember ever hearing about? Mm. I don't know. That's a hard one. I'm going to have to think about that one. So my favorite conspiracy theory is probably going to be the JFK assassination. Um, because I feel like when JFK was assassinated that the country took a really horrible horrible turn to the right and I believe that's the reason why he was assassinated was because there were forces in our government that wanted to take the country in that direction and he was opposed to that and so he was he was eliminated and that just the fact that it's such a it just was such a giant historical event that took our country in a different turn so I kind of feel like there's so much weight on that and here we are in 2019 and we still don't have all the documents and so it makes people wonder like obviously our government is behind it because stop and think about this for a second why would we still be hiding documents about an incident if it was any other person any other country any other entity that killed kennedy aside from our own government why would we still be hiding stuff like that it's obvious that we are that people in our government had some role in it I think the first uh, conspiracy theory was just the basic one that that I heard as a kid. Probably being the first one is that the government already knew about aliens um, ever since Roswell, and that they were covering it up. That's probably the very oh, first yeah. one I heard. Yeah, the Roswell cover up. Yeah, because I mean, I didn't really think about aliens being like a conspiracy, but I guess the fact that the cover up of the aliens is what where the conspiracy part comes. Yeah, because as a kid, I watched Futurama a lot, and there was an episode about that, and. I, I, I don't know, it always stuck with me, and then I became a huge X-Files buff, so, you know, it was always about aliens, although the X-Files, like, the more and more it went on, it was less about aliens and just absolutely 100% about the government. Mm -hmm. Like, all these things that we thought were aliens, which there were 
some episodes it's like okay no legit this is aliens but <laughs> most of it was like no it's just the government um making you think that that's what it is like there right. was a whole uh what do they call that like shadow government or i forget what they call it i think they call it the syndicate and the x-files like the cigarette smoking yeah man cigarette smoking man's in the this I, I don't remember what they call it i'm pretty sure it's called the syndicate in the x-files but yeah so that's a whole other conspiracy my actual first interest in unsolved or mysterious was was a tv show that was on um that was called in search of and it was narrated by leonard nimoy who was spock from the very original star trek and every week it was like in search of bigfoot or in search of loch ness or in search of all these different like crazy things that were you know you had to be crazy to believe it was but but he would go and investigate these things and i just love that show because it just i feel like when you are allowed to investigate things that are supposed to be already resolved it like opens up another part of your brain it makes all things seem possible and i just think that people that's how all people throughout history have learned things is by not accepting the status quo and not accepting what you've been told is you know what if the you know at one time all people thought the common thought was that the earth was flat Oh, yeah, that's another one of flat earthers. <laughs> right, and then the first guy that says, like, the earth is round is like, oh, that guy's insane, he's crazy. But just think about that. Like, if he wouldn't have actually come out and said, like, the earth is round and taken all the ridicule and abuse that came with his theory that the earth was round, and then it also used to be believed that the earth was the center of the universe and the other planets rotated around the earth, including the sun, and so it, I think it was it Copernicus that said that the sun was the center of the universe and then the other planets rotated around it. I'm not sure who it was, but anyway, so, and now we're, now we're back to flat earth. So I was going to ask you like, what's your favorite and what's, which one do you hate the most? Cause flat earth has got to be the worst I hate for me. the most, I don't know. I really, really hate the, um, like Bigfoot Loch Ness Monster thing and not so much I don't know maybe not so much Bigfoot but like there's some pretty crazy ones don't out there don't be dissing on Bigfoot theories there's, especially <laughs> in West Virginia like actually that game Fallout 76 just came out actually it came out a year ago or so now um, but there's like all this like lure in it from specifically from West Virginia and I don't have to look some of them up but there there was like um, well Mothman of course everybody knows Mothman mm -hmm. And that's a big one. Um, but just those. Like, in the X-Files, I know they had an episode that was all about the Jersey Devil. And I thought that mm -hmm. was, like, something they made up. But then I looked it up. It's, like, something people actually believe. And like it's, like, Chupacabra. Yeah, Chupacabra. <laughs> like, what is this? Really? Like, it's, I, I don't even know, dude. Like, I think those are my least favorite conspiracy theories. Because I'm just, like, you know. Or have you guys seen the... Um, the news article where the people swear they see the leprechaun and the guy makes the drawing and it looks like a three-year-old drew <laughs> Okay, but listen. so Like leprechauns, like that kind of shit. I just... So oh, things just that you're can't. talking about, that's called actually called exobiology and it's the branch of science that deals with the possibility and likely nature of life on other planets in outer space. Or in, and there's another one too that is uh, like other species that have not yet been discovered. And so, I mean, yes, Bigfoot and Loch Ness and those kind of things, you know, specifically um, have been researched and pretty much has been debunked for most people that there isn't, you know, it's impossible for a creature the size of Loch Ness to live in Loch Ness. And so, 
Oh, it's a shame we didn't get to go there when we were in Scotland. But we were only there for like five hours, so like going to Loch Ness was like just not part of the was not possible. But um, but by there, the way, if you hear this creepy knocking noise, <laughs> uh, we're in the middle of a literal freaking hurricane, apparently, or tornado. I mean. Well, it gives me a hurricane because we're surrounded by water. Well, you had water, a broken but... window like two hours ago. Like, yeah, no, know. yeah. So the wind is really, really bad, and um, the windows are rattling and stuff. So there's, <laughs> I don't know if they'll be able, to, we'll be able to hear it when we play it back. But if you can hear a knocking, it's the tree trying it's... to let us know. The yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, just imagine if somebody had told you that they went to this place and came back and saw this animal that had hair, but yet it laid eggs. And it had a beak. And you know what I'm saying? Like, that person would have been called a complete nut because even by the understanding of the animal kingdom at that time, like, there were mammals. and You know things that have duck bills don't have fur? Right, exactly. <laughs> and mammals don't lay eggs. So, I mean, it was like, it would be considered, like, you'd be told you were crazy. Like, you hallucin- You must have been on some hallucinogens or something because that animal could not exist under the laws of nature as we understand them but yet it does so i feel like you know the bigfoot and loch ness because of the size and the population the people that are in the area like those all of those type of factors may indicate that those two specific animals don't exist but yet just a couple years ago there was a a shark that was found in near the, the ocean in the ocean near japan and it was believed to be extinct like you know, millions of years ago, and, and here it is. Here's this shark that they found. So things like that do happen. And so I just think that you shouldn't write off somebody who's telling you that they, they saw some creature that, you know, that hasn't been found yet because scientists find new species, like, every day. Yeah, that's true. What do they say that we've only explored, like, a, a very tiny percentage of the ocean? I can't imagine what kind of stuff is in the water that we haven't explored yet. Right. I mean, yeah. especially at certain depths that we have difficulty or getting like, uh, to. Or like different parts of the jungles that we have, haven't even ever, people have never set foot there. I think about that all the time, about those. It was in the news um, not long ago where that, you know, Christian guy was like, hey, I'm going to go to this island where I'm definitely not allowed to be because I'm trying to spread Christianity on people who don't want it. <laughs> um, and they killed him. And uh, people were like, oh, my God, who, who could have ever seen this happening? And we were like, literally everyone said, don't go there. So, um, you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but I just wonder in places like that where there's like people living that are not a part of a civilized society mm-hmm. and like all of the things there that have been untouched. Right. So, you know, like different bugs and stuff that might be there. Like, it's just crazy to think about. I mean, it, there, but there is a lot of, like, the things I was talking about in West Virginia, one of the ones is called the Flatwood Monster, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, if, the more you read about it, it sounds like aliens. Um, and then, of course, Mothman, um, I think the other one in West Virginia is called, let me see, I think it's called the Grafton Monster or something. It's, it's basically like the Abominable Snowman, or, or Abominable Snowman, uh, what are they called? A Yeti, Yeti? or something? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like a Yeti, Yeti of West Virginia. It's like big and has white fur and like i don't know it's nonsense that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> to sum it up it's nonsense i hate those but um, so yeah it all started for me with the you know in search of and then jfk like when i was in high school a speaker came and i wish i knew i can i knew now who it was but he came to the school and gave a big uh presentation in the in the auditorium to i think the entire school but he 
you know, played as a Pruder film. He explained the magic bullet theory and why there was so much skepticism about it. And I was fascinated by that. And my mom actually used to read books about the JFK assassination. So, I mean, that was kind of like my first, you know, real exposure there to government conspiracy. And then, of course, ancient aliens. You know. I see. I never got into ancient you aliens. You have to love ancient aliens. Everybody always uh, assumed that I would be into that because I was a huge X-Files buff, but I literally never got into it. I was really into uh, Holocaust conspiracy theories, though, about, like, Hitler escaping through the tunnels. And, like, mm-hmm. I found out those tunnels were, like, actually a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I watched this whole show on it on Netflix not long ago. But I, I just – I feel like as soon as I learned about the Holocaust when I was in, like, probably middle school, we mm-hmm. started teaching us about that. We read the Diary of Anne Frank and all that, that um, I've been obsessed with Holocaust theories since then. Well, and, you know, I always tell people that uh, – there's a couple funny sayings among conspiracy theorists. One of them is, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, I'm a truth addict. I think I bought your brother a shirt that said that once. <laughs> and um, the other one I like to tell people is the difference between a conspiracy theory and history is 40 years. Yeah, because I don't know. It's just they bring up a lot of good points about uh, the whole Hitler conspiracy theory was that he actually didn't kill himself. And mm-hmm. at first I thought, well, that's crazy uh, because you either did or you didn't. Like, but then, you know, I found out they couldn't find his body and where they claimed that he was. They're, they they never recovered anything from there. And then they were like, oh, we have a piece of his jaw. And then when it's analyzed, it was was not a piece of his mm-hmm. jaw at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they still claim that it is, the right. people who have it. I forget what country has it on display. Mm-hmm. But they still claim, oh, yeah, this is a piece of Hitler. And it's not. It's mm-hmm. been proven it's not. Um, and then about the tunnels, him escaping from the tunnels, um, which they do have those tunnels. I've right. watched so many videos of people going back and exploring those, and it's like, it's insane. The, uh, I mean, you think, oh, a tunnel that a car goes through and they're not very big. No, these were like, these could be whole underground societies. They're, they're so huge. Right. So, I mean, it's like the more you learn about the circumstances around it, you start to see like, okay, maybe that guy's not wearing a tinfoil hat. Like, this, there's some legitimate well, information here. One like, of the things I was going to go into in this episode, we're not going to cover any one specific conspiracy theory but we just kind of want to touch on a lot of them and what you'll find is that the theories that are around today are based on actual things that have happened in the past so Hitler still being alive for example and um, there was an actual government operation called Operation Paperclip where after World War II the United States decided that they didn't want these Nazi scientists to go and be co-opted by some other government and maybe have their knowledge that they learned and you know developing weapons and all the horrible medical experiments they conducted on human beings against their will and all these things that they learned we didn't want that getting out to other people and and honestly in my my reading of history it seems to me that there were just a whole lot of nazi lovers in the united states and in other countries who thought the Nazis really had it together and were perfectly fine with the fact that they were killing Jews because they were, I mean, back in that time period, people had this really uh, hierarchical structure. Like there were certain people that were in the upper crust and there were certain people who were in the lower classes and Darwinism was a big thing and, and uh, eugenics, which Hitler didn't invent or come up with by any means. Um, the idea that, you know, you should use selective breeding to make a better race. Like, that stuff was widely believed and accepted. So a lot of people admired the Germans for being the for, for forging ahead and making a wonderful new society without imbeciles and 
food just people that just sucked air and ate food for no reason they had no good life so just they should just be killed like a lot of people sadly believed in that stuff and admired the germans so like we can say that it was because operation paperclip was enacted because we just didn't want these horrible scientists being co-opted by some other evil government but a lot of it was we were saving them too uh yeah you know what's one that's crazy um that i thought oh this is a cool conspiracy theory and then realized it's not a theory it actually happened and it's a real thing was uh mk ultra project mk ultra which the timeline for that being um you know in the 50s i wonder if those people that came here from germany after world war ii had anything to do with this because it, it doesn't it seem strange that it's like the germans the nazis did all these experiments on people and and then you know not even 10 years later they they do this whole the cia is doing all these experiments on people and on their minds and this and that you know what i mean like it just seems like hmm, maybe we got some information from those people and we're like let's try it out like yeah let's just run with it uh, i mean i'm sure you're right and there was the whole cold war when the united states after world war ii like you would almost think for a minute when you're reading history that we were fighting the Russians <laughs> and the Nazis were our friends like if you look at the aftermath after World War II it almost seems like we were like cooler with the Nazis after World War II than we were that it was like the uh, evil empire of the Soviet Union was like arch enemy and anything and everything that we did well I don't say we but I mean the government of the United States did was supposedly in the interest of protecting us from the evil empire of the Soviet Union and when I read some of the horrible, horrible, horrible things that the United States did, the Department of Defense did, supposedly because we're in a Cold War with Russia, I'm like, I don't know, maybe we would have been better if we just would have moved to the Soviet Union because I don't know what kind of things they were doing, but I know the kind of things the United States government was doing covertly against its own people. And I'm thinking, well, if you're, how can you be saying you're doing all these things to the populace? went to protect it from the evil empire when you're when you're basically like doing this stuff to your own people that's the part that doesn't make any yeah, sense. yeah i honestly think that uh, project mk ultra is something that you could make a movie about and be like look at all the stuff that happened and tell people it was a true story and they still wouldn't believe it because it's just like it, i feel like people today have either there are people like us who do not trust the government at all in in any sense of the word have no trust in them at all and then there are lots of people who just walk around thinking that, you know, the government really is here to protect us. And it, it, I always think of the situation where a friend and I were outside of our house, my house, and we had all been drinking and there were cops down the street. And of course, uh, he gets all, you know, oh, I'm going to make jokes or whatever because they're over there. And he's like yelling stuff at the cops or whatever, trying to be funny. Um. And I'm, of course, like, no, shut up. Like, get back in the house. Like, stop. Knock it off. Blah, 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 And he's like, oh, what can he do? And I'm like, I don't know. He's another human being with a gun. Probably a lot if he <laughs> wanted to. Like, why do you just automatically have that trust that, like, just because he's wearing a badge doesn't mean he's not just going to turn around here, you know, blow you away? Mm-hmm. Like, well, they can't do that. I'm like, really? What's what's stopping them? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess that's the difference between and, – and I'm the I'm looked at as the crazy one for that. Mm-hmm. And it's all, that always surprises me that people think just because that's how it's supposed to be, that that's how it will be. Right. And they have this huge trust in a system that I'm like, I don't know if it's just a difference in the kind of information we choose to indulge in because mm-hmm. I am a person that reads a lot of stuff about, you know, the government doing things they shouldn't be doing and police brutality and shootings right. and 
you know, all this stuff. So it's like already in my mind that it's like you can't trust people just because they tell you you should. Right. And my thing, too, is that how do you once you know something, you can't unknow it. Right. So if you've studied anything about history at all, how can you trust government? I, I just don't understand. It's almost like. You know, you've seen your parents putting the presents under the tree. You caught them red-handed, busted, and still believe in Santa Claus. Right, exactly. Yeah, it is strange. I, I don't get that either. It is very strange. I think that all the time when people talked about, um, uh, they did it when Bush and Gore ran, and when Clinton and Trump ran, they talked about all the uh, conspiracies with the elections and this and that and the other and people talk about how crazy that is like no way blah, blah. and I'm like why is that I don't understand why that is such a hard concept to to possibly even entertain like well I think one of the I things... feel like that's more reasonable to believe than like flat earth like come on now <laughs> well right and and my, my feeling is that you know when a conspiracy basically is just a group of people conducting an activity in secret right usually for a malevolent purpose so when these things are going on, you know, it's it's hard for the people to keep it a secret because it's so widespread. So you'll get these people that come out and say, oh, this is going on, this is going on. And it's so unbelievable that when they come out and they tell what's happening, they're crazy. Because that couldn't, like you're saying, my, they, they, they could, it couldn't possibly be happening. So people want to believe the fantasy that, the government is good or whatever it is they want to believe so they don't listen to the person who's telling them like this is actually going on um the mk ultra program went on for 20 years and experiments were conducted at like 80 institutions uh, in in the united states and canada and they used electroshock therapy like at extreme levels they would use lsd on people all kind of mind-altering substances they would give people massive amounts of insulin uh to put them into these you know comatose and they they just did all these experiments on people some of them were a lot of them were mental patients in mental hospitals who had Mm -hmm. no ability because they're already crazy so if they told anyone then exactly doesn't matter uh some of them were women who came in who had issues with depression and wanted help with depression and then they said oh yeah come on in next thing you know their brains turned to mush right Kind of reminds me of that documentary, too, that I talked about on here before that uh, Geraldo Rivera did, um, exposing all the insane asylums for the, like, all the abuse that Mm -hmm. they made those people endure. And not, like, experiments, really. Uh, It wasn't, like, exposing them for doing any kind of experiments, but it was just the mistreatment. Like, you know, one nurse on a whole hall of people who were just extremely either mentally handicapped or, you know, insane— and these people would be, you know, defecating, and they had on the floors, and they had no clothes on, and mm-hmm. they weren't being fed right, and it was just, like, awful. But, like, people were in total denial about that until right. he went in there with a camera and was like, look, here it is. Because, But they, they were also, you know, the hospitals were good at covering that up. When right. they knew people right. were coming, they would right. cover it up. I mean, it, what a huge scandal that was that he and blew And what open. you find out in a lot of these, when you read about a lot of these what were conspiracy theories that later became history is that the government specifically targets the most vulnerable and helpless individuals for these experiments and projects and whatever. So that when they come out, either they're not believed or 
just nobody cares. Right. Because they're just disposable. Um, one of the experiments they conducted was on uh, military with soldiers. They were black soldiers, the Tuskegee experiments. And they, uh, it was about syphilis, and they just told these soldiers they were going to treat them for the syphilis. Now, there was a cure for it at the time, and they told them they were going to treat them for it, but they just left them untreated and left them suffer and suffer and suffer and uh, studied how the disease progressed as opposed to actually helping them. Wow. Yeah, they just lied to them and told them that they were... Well, and I'm not super familiar with Agent Orange, although I know it was the U.S. government that ended up exposing it to a lot of uh, Vietnam soldiers. Because um, I, I can remember something about Memorial Day when I was in school or something, talking about Vietnam, mm-hmm. and that people were like, oh, yeah, I know someone who was exposed right. to Agent Orange. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think maybe that was close to the, one of the first ones I ever heard about. Well, was, that I was, thought that was like that not, chemical was actually developed by the same company that makes Roundup. Yeah, right. Now they're being sued too. Oh yeah, for all the cancer causing. They actually, they I think they actually paid a settlement to some of the soldiers who were exposed to Agent Orange because it was supposed to be a, it, it was supposed to kill the foliage. It was supposed to right. kill all of. So they basically starved the people by killing all the their abil- ability to grow anything there. Uh, but it had obviously massive effects on people too, and now they're getting sued over Roundup because it's you know got the glycophosphate or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's Agent Orange uh, Junior. I mean, it's it's all <laughs> horrible junk, and you, but they have so much money that they get FDA approval for stuff, and it gets shoved through the works, and you know it's not until people come out suffering with symptoms of it, and then they even still try to cover it up, but eventually, it's found out, and you know. I mean, how many years were people told that smoking cigarettes was not unhealthy? Oh, I know. That's insane. And the cigarette companies knew it was, but it was just a big, you know, big cover-up. So um, I wanted to kind of tie a couple of the more common conspiracy theories with things that have happened in the past. Because, like I said, I think what happens in a lot of these cases is people report things, and then later it's found out to be true. So it kind of creates this cycle of where, okay, somebody notices something, Government says that's BS. It's you're crazy. And then over time, it comes out to be true. So chemtrails is a kind of common conspiracy theory where people believe that when the plane goes by and you see the white uh, turbulence behind the plane or the white, you know, trail behind the plane, the jet stream, that it's actually chemical or biological agents being spread on the population. And, you know, as crazy as you might think that sounds, that people look up, you see planes every day, and you think, oh, it's just because the plane's going so fast, it's cutting through the air, it makes these lines or whatever in the sky. It's exhaust from the jet engines, whatever the natural explanation is for that. So you say, these people believe in chemtrails, the government's spraying you with stuff. They're just, they're totally loony, right? Well, back in 1950, uh, the Department of Defense sprayed the entire San Francisco area with two biological and I can't pronounce them serat seratia marsensens uh but anyway they it was two bacteria and they wanted to test how effective it was at spraying biological weapons on a large urban area <laughs> 
you know, because they might need to do that to an enemy someday. So let's just do it to our own people and conduct an experiment to see how that works out. So they did that and it was later discovered. I think there were 11 people who were admitted to hospitals who came down with illnesses as related to it and one person died. And then there was also Operation LAC, which stands for Large Area Coverage, which was undertaken in 1957 by the U.S. Army Chemical Corps. And they sprayed an area in South Carolina with a chemical. And they want, again, this was to study how well chemicals could be dispersed, biological chemical weapons could be dispersed among uh, over a pop over a population and they they dispersed a chemical called zinc cadmium sulfide and some of it was radi radioactive um, they sprayed it over South Dakota and I think over South Carolina there was a couple different places that they did these kind of experiments and the one I read about they actually put the dispersal units on top of a building in a really 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 poor part of town because obviously they always they don't want to target anybody who might be someone important so they put these uh, dispersal units on top of a, a building and they disperse the chemical with these fans so it goes out over the population these radioactive you know chemicals just just to see how you know how much if anybody would get sick and die from it i mean this is the kind of thing that <laughs> the government's done against its own people so you can just imagine so anyways when you hear people talking about chemtrails you might think they're crazy but I believe that some of the origin of you know these these fears of the government are justified so we can't necessarily just you know write off people as being crazy so that's the chemtrail one and then of course okay we covered operation paperclip Okay, and then another uh, th thing that's going on right now is the issue of the vaccines, okay? So I haven't done a bunch of research into vaccines. I'm not a pro-vax and anti-vax. I vaccinated my children, but this was, you know, 20-some years ago before this controversy really came into the fore. And not having done a lot of research that the anti-vaxxers have done, um, I can't say that I am on their side, but I will say that I think that it is absolutely every person's obligation to question everything that you're told by the government just because they have such a history of being lying sacks of shit and using us for guinea pigs, okay? So once you have that reputation, that's like, would you trust your neighbor who you know has been in and out of prison for you know, felonies, just leave your door open when, you know, he's like watching your house. Like, you're not going to do that because you're smart. So anyway, um, one of the other really sad episodes in this whole Cold War era was where the government injected babies with iodine, radioactive iodine, because they wanted to see what effect it would have. They did this against well, without consent of the mothers because they lied to them and they told them it was just a study to see how these premature babies would grow. And so they injected them with different things and, you know, 
let's see, this was in 1949, called the Green Run. It was done by the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission. And they did several different studies. 1953 sponsored a study to discover if radioactive iodine affected premature babies differently than from full-term babies. And the experiment researchers from Harper Hospital in Detroit orally administered iodine-131 to 65 premature and full-term infants who weighed 2.1 to 5.5 pounds. So, so they, they did a couple of these different experiments on babies without being truthful with the mothers about what they were injecting their babies with. So if you stop and think about that, that in and of itself, like if you're gonna take your baby into the doctor and have something injected into them, wouldn't you wanna know independently from the person putting this into your child, like can I have an independent lab, like verify the actual, you know, chemical components of this vaccine? I don't think that's crazy. I mean, personally, I don't think that that's crazy. Another thing they did too with- It with absolutely the, terrified me when I had to go get my booster shots before I went back to high school. Um, Cause you have to get like so many of them, you know, years after you get the baby ones. Um, so when I was a freshman, they were like, oh, you have to have these vaccines and you have to bring in the proof or whatever. So I went to this clinic and got the shots or whatever. And when the lady brought the needle out and just like looking around at the situation where I'm like, I've never been here before. I don't ever remember seeing this place before. I've literally never paid attention to it. And now I'm going to let some person who I've literally never met stick a needle with some fluid that I don't know what it is into my <laughs> body where I cannot get it back out. And right. that was terrifying. And I'm just like, maybe I am nuts. But I just, it is terrifying. She could have she could have just been some random person that walked in off the streets with scrubs on and like injected me with anything and been like, ha ha, like, I just fucked you over. Like, <laughs> what? I don't know, like. Uh, this is crazy but uh partially i think that some of that comes from the more and more crazy things we hear happening in the news and like you know these these outrageous stories of people well wait wasn't it just just in the last you know six months or so that we found out that there were seven suspicious deaths at the va hospital yeah in west virginia yes and they the people that died from my understanding died from overdoses of insulin yeah and some of them didn't even require insulin injections. So if a person dies from an overdose of a drug they were not ever, that was never part of their treatment plan, the first death that that happens with, don't you think that you should maybe, I don't know, like report investigate, it, yeah, investigate like, yeah. it? But no, we wait until there's like seven or eight people. And the hospital, talk about conspiracy and cover-ups, the hospital didn't even notify the families that this happened to, that there was anything odd or suspicious about the way that they died, you know? So now it's being investigated, but that's what I'm saying. These kind of cover-ups and conspiracies, like yeah, basically- Yeah, once you know about this stuff, it's like you, it's just always in your head. Right. I mean, everything we've talked about up to this point with the government has been like premeditated stuff that they, they hid in secret and then did an active cover-up and denial to keep it under wraps as long as they could. But in some cases, you know, like this, this hospital, I'm sure they didn't intend for someone to come in there and murder seven of their patients. But once it started happening, they were concerned about liability reasons. And just my feeling is just try to sweep it under the carpet. And that's a conspiracy as well. I mean. Absolutely. It is. I think that about that case uh, was the kid's name, Kendrick Johnson. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he was killed in his high school. They found him rolled up on a mat under some really suspicious circumstances. And the school suddenly lost the footage. Right. Um, and also it came out to be that one of the main suspects that they thought was involved, one of the other kids' dad worked for, like, the FBI or something. Right. And it all just got swept under the rug. Nothing ever happened. Like, Right. I mean, that's like... I mean, it, public school. I don't remember what year that was. 2010? Yeah, that, that's another one of those ones where... And I followed that case for a while, which is probably why you remember it. Because I kept looking up, hoping that something was going to happen. A break in the case was going to happen. These people are going to get some justice for their child. And one of the bizarre aspects that came out of it was they, they, they exhumed his body to do a second autopsy. Because the first autopsy was, was done by... The, uh, it, was, it happened in Valdosta, Georgia, and the first autopsy on his body, you know, they said that he died from basically being inverted in the mat. The blood flowed up to, he couldn't, he couldn't breathe, and he was constricted, and the blood flowed up to his head, and he basically just suffocated. Like, right, which the family then, like, said, no, that's not true. Like, we saw his body, and it looked like he had been beaten or whatever, and then the, you know, medical examiners come back, and they're like, no, that's just the way that it looks after blood pulls that way, and there was a lot of, like, back and forth about that. Right, right. So, that, but they, but that's how they determined the cause of death was, and the parents didn't believe it. So then, at some point later, they had the body exhumed, and had their own pathologist do an examination of the body, and they found out his organs were missing. Yeah, replaced and stuffed newspaper in his body. Right. So then they went back, and they were like, "This is so insane! Like, what happened to his organs? Because they probably wanted to have them, you know, re- tests rerun on his organs as well, and the." Bureau of Investigations in Valdosta, Georgia said, well, the organs were there when we sent them to the, to, the, to the mortuary. And the mortuary was like, no, we put the newspaper in there to fill the body out because the organs weren't there. So there was this back and forth. I mean, at the end of the day, these people never got a satisfactory answer as to what happened no, Basically, somebody killed their kid and um, all of the information that could have possibly led to any justice was either destroyed or lost. Um, and then they go to bury him and find out that all his organs are missing. Like, somebody cut him open and stole his organs. Like, how horrifying is that? I mean, there were so many disturbing things about that case. It didn't make any sense. But, I mean, if anybody listens to any true crime podcast, which I wish I had more time to listen to them, but, you know, you find out that these there are cases where people are put into prison with, like, no evidence. So that's a type of conspiracy. And then there's people that completely get away with it. I mean, look at what happened with Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, to me, that case is just being completely swept under the carpet. Oh, yeah, I love how nobody's talking about it now because the impeachment was going on, so it's just like, quiet. Nothing's but here's the thing said. I want to know. Now, I did see where they did arrest two prison yeah, they, guards. they arrested them, the two prison guards. They're going to pin it on those guys and be like, oh, we don't know why they did it. Probably because he was a pedophile and that's there's no other reason, Like, which I think is bullshit, but I feel like that's how they're going to spin this. Well, they still claim that they were sleeping slash surfing the internet, and that's why they didn't go and check on him. But even if that was the case, I mean, you have to take into consideration the level of security that this prison was. This is where El Chapo was held, prison. You know what I mean? This is a hot, super high security prison, and the fact that you wouldn't have some kind of alarm system where if the guards didn't make the rounds and didn't go through that door. You know what I'm saying? With technology today, there is no excuse for the fact that you have a prisoner We're who just is a camera. not being... Mo- well, <laughs> Watching him. there were cameras that supposedly malfunctioned. Yeah, there so you, you got go. Guards that fell asleep. You got cameras that malfunctioned. There you go. 
and you're I telling re- me it's the year 2019 where everyone carries a high quality uh capable of zooming recording all this in their pocket but we can't get functioning video cameras in a high security prison like that that right. i just it's all bullshit that's bullshit right so in the original story that came out when he was supposedly found dead in his cell well he was he was supposedly found alive at first they said he was alive and they did cpr on him right so one of the things that i always do whenever there's a shooting or bad accident or whatever is i go to the scanner traffic which i have an account where i can go back and listen to any scanner traffic in the united states any any police station that broadcasts their radio traffic i can go back and listen to it so i went back to august 10th he was supposedly found in a cell at 6 39 in the morning and i listened for an ambulance call i never heard one so if you find somebody on the floor and you're doing active CPR on them because you they, you think they had a heart attack, you're trying to save them, whatever whatever the reason is, if you're still doing CPR, you're going to call for an ambulance. There's pictures supposedly of Jeffrey Epstein on a stretcher going into the hospital, the Presbyterian Hospital there in Man- Man- Manhattan. And, okay, he's on the stretcher and the back of the shirt of the person wheeling him in says FDNY. So it wasn't a correctional ambulance. It was actually... a the New York Fire Department crew that took him there. So I went and I listened to radio traffic from several stations that were right there that would have been the ones that got that call. I heard nothing. And I, and I saved the radio traffic because I'm like, I don't understand in certain situations where you see like a variation from the procedure that would have been followed. Like, what's the, what's the reason for that? You know, and there's video online of the coroner showing up at the, at the place. But if he was found alive and was taken by ambulance to the hospital, why would the coroner go to the correctional facility? It's just like so many things seem very strange about it, but I, my feeling is that back when he was, when he was given yeah, that- remember, remember when people talked about Epstein for the first time? Because my best friend and I were actually just talking about this, that we remember as kids, maybe middle school age, um, we remember people talking about Jeffrey Epstein in the secret sex island. And it was like, a laughing joke that it mm-hmm. was it was a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. that it wasn't real and so i think that's the funniest part about people my age now like making all these oh jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself memes because i'm like don't you guys remember when this was a thing the first time right i do i remember people talking about this when i was a kid and and talking about it like oh well what a you know that's insane that's crazy mm-hmm. like and now here we are and everyone knows it's true like well and here's here's another conspiracy theory that kind of sp- spawned out of that was the Pizzagate, which was a conspiracy theory that Hillary Clinton is running a child pedophile ring, her and Bill, and they're abducting the children through Sonic Sonic Pizza, underground tunnels beneath Sonic Pizza. I'm not lying. Like, you can look this up to verify. I've never heard of that Sonic Pizza. And I got, you look up Pizzagate and see if it says Sonic, Sonic Pizza. I think it was Sonic. But uh, I could be wrong with the p- name of the pizza shop. But a guy took a gun there and was going to go in and like find these underground tunnels where these children were being skited off to the sex for sexual trafficking. And you're right. When it first came out, it was like, oh, it's so crazy. Comet ping pong. Comet. Sorry, my bad. Comet. I don't know. I just kept saying Sonic. Comet. Comet pizza. Yeah, so a guy took a gun there because he was convinced that like there's tunnels underneath of the Comet pizza to take children to the sex traffic and everybody was like 
Oh, wow. What a whack job. What a nut job. And the same thing, like you're saying, when Epstein, for the first thing came out about Epstein, everybody was saying that that was crazy and blah, blah, blah. And because it was because of Bill Clinton at the time, because Bill Clinton was friends with Epstein. And here's the thing. A lot of these conspiracies get blown out of the water when one very high elite person decides to do dirty another high elite person. Like they, right, exactly. They yeah. can do shit on us like all day long. And if we try to protest, just like Jeffrey Epstein's victims, we try to protest and get justice, we're just swept, swept aside. The only time this shit actually hits the fan is when one elite person goes after another elite person. So I think that Epstein, I mean, my personal thing on him is that I think him and Ghislaine Maxwell, her dad was uh, Israeli intelligence and British intelligence, like kind of playing both sides of the fence there. He died mysteriously. And according to um, Alex Acosta, he's never really explained the remark that he made that he was told to leave Epstein alone because he was, quote, intelligence. So what I think happened with Epstein, I think that he started to make friends with people and got them to talk about their little sexual peccadilloes or whatever, and then told them that he had a place that they could basically get these young kids or whatever. And then he taped them. Right, because they, they have evidence that he had, like, logs or whatever of people that had visited his property. He There are flight logs, and right. I've looked those over, and there, there's a lot of interesting information in them. But Plus, I just feel the way that this is being handled now, like, all the stuff that's come out about Prince Andrew and, you know, what they're saying about him. And I don't know. I just think uh, people are reacting quite defensively. You know, it's this isn't just being looked at as, oh, this is a crazy conspiracy this time. I think people are actually like, yeah, we know something went on there. Right. And I, mean, I think when no I think when Alex Acosta gave that sweetheart deal to Epstein, which is so ridiculous. If you don't know how ridiculous it is, if you haven't heard on the news, he was given a plea deal that he pled guilty to two soliciting two times for underage prostitution, which you, which is not even a thing because if you're underage you can't be a prostitute because you can't legally consent to sex right. for money. So it was it was sexual abuse of a minor and he pleaded guilty to two counts of that. And then as a part of the plea deal, all of his co-conspirators, known and unknown, were given a free pass. Now, how do you make a legal contract with a person that you don't even know who they are? So Alex Acosta, that was a total bullshit plea deal that should have been thrown out. Bill Barr refused to throw it out. So now there literally might be girls that have were trafficked through Epstein who are somewhere in the world on some island somewhere still being used as a sex slave but their co his co-conspirators are off the hook and that's ridiculous and it just goes to show that conspiracies they will cover up for people up in the higher ups and you know the, the little people at the bottom just got to deal with it so when they say that we believe in conspiracy theories because you know we want to envision one of the theories they they say why we believe in these theories is because we want to embody our problems in a in an entity so that we can think like the Illuminati, for example. If we can say, well, all these world problems are caused by the Illuminati, if we could just expose and jail the people in the Illuminati, if we could just go get those people, everything in the world would be great. And it gives us a sense of control, whereas before we felt very helpless. Well, my thing is, I don't think we're the ones creating that dynamic. I think it's the fact that people in elite positions have abused people at the bottom 
And the people at the bottom are starting to figure it out that, you know, we don't get the same rules. We don't get the same justice. So naturally, we're going to be suspicious. Um, another thing that they say about why we believe in conspiracy theories, all the debunkers, right? They want to tell us why we're crazy and why we believe in conspiracy, conspiracy theories. They say that as a survival mechanism, if you and I are walking through the woods and we see a snake we jump out of the way so we don't get bit by the snake, right? But then we look and it's not really a snake, it's just a stick. But thank goodness we reacted as if it was a snake because if it was the other way around and we saw it and we thought, oh, that's probably just a stick and it was actually a snake, we would get bit. So this whole think of the worst case scenario and react as if it was the worst case is, is why we believe in conspiracy theories. Well, my thing is that's a bunch of crap. Because when you react to something that you visually stimulus that you see, you're not thinking to yourself, well, I better react on the safe side of things. No, you're just reacting because you think you see a snake. And forgive me if the fact that the government in particular has shown itself to be such an insidious snake <laughs> when it comes to the populace. They don't care about us. They they're, use us for medical experiments. You know, They'll allow Monsanto to poison our food. So, I mean, so forgive me if, if we actually are recognizing a snake for a snake. Right. <laughs> so let's see. What else are we going to get into? Man, there are so many different ones I keep thinking of while we're talking here. Uh, one of them was um, the putting the, uh, like the, the stuff, they, the fluoride, fluoride in water. Fluoride in water. And uh, people think it has like some kind of effect on making us stupid or this and that and the other. Which I feel like is kind of crazy. Like, I mean, from what I've heard, they claim they put fluoride in water to help people's teeth. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of uh, that's crazy. That's kind of <laughs> a little bit crazy. Why are you putting that shit in my water? Like, I don't need your help to take care of my teeth. It's fine. I'll I'll use mouthwash. Okay, don't don't put that shit in my water. Right. I don't like that. Right. And I know that might sound crazy, but that's weird other well, countries don't do that no other countries don't do that because they do believe the fluoride is is bad too well, much that's fluoride what is I bad. Mean. so i'm like okay so here we have other countries saying what america why the fuck are you doing yeah that? right and we're like oh it's um good for your good for your teeth, teeth. <laughs> it's good for so your teeth. if you ever see somebody that has like white like like spots on their teeth that are actually brighter white than the rest of their teeth mm-hmm. that's from over fluoriding your teeth i don't know what the floor fluoridation fluoridation yeah it's too much fluoride is why you get those white spots on your teeth yeah i uh i'm totally against that and i cannot believe that it's just like a thing that we accept and don't think about well we just actually bought a we actually bought an under the sink filter because if you don't reverse osmosis reverse osmosis because we had the best water filter that you can get that's in a pitcher was the zero water filter and it filters out like unbelievably amount of stuff but it won't take fluoride out of the water right you have to have reverse and i'm not saying at my age like i'm almost 50 like fluoride if it hasn't killed me by now like i have metal fillings in my teeth which they say has all kind of chemicals in it but you know layla's only you know four years old so if we can give her water that's not like laced with a bunch of extra fluoride she probably doesn't need i'm all about that yeah that's a very strange i think another one too that i don't necessarily think I don't know if I would say it's a conspiracy theory because we know that they put hormones in food and that they shoot cows up with hormones in this. Like, we know that. It's a fact. I mean, everybody knows that. And, you know, GMOs and all this stuff. I mean, and we know that they're doing this to their food and we don't know what the long-term effects of this stuff is. 
Well, we, don't we, know. we actually do know. We're starting to find out now that girls are going through menstruation at a much earlier age than they used to. Yeah, from these hormones. From the hormones. But the, these GMOs, I mean, we don't know the full effects of, of what this stuff can do. And it's, I mean, me personally, I go to the grocery store, I buy shit. I'm not looking at the back of the package to, to see if it's GMO or not. I'm not. I'm really not. Um, but it does come to mind. You know, it's one of those things that I'm like, this seems strange that so many people just don't question this at all. Right. You know, it's very, that is very weird. GMOs are also outlawed in other countries. Yeah, I know. So that's immediately a red flag for me is I'm like, okay, well, other countries have figured out that this stuff is not good. So why are we fine with it here? But, you know, we talk about all the time that there's so many things to research and know about and know, you know, (laughs) what's a crock of shit. Well, the biggest thing that I have against, the biggest thing that I have against GMOs is this, that genetically modified means that when say monsanto develops a genetically modified corn and they plant a field of corn and you might say well that's fine you know they can plant their field and if people don't want to buy gmo corn they can go buy natural corn it's leave it up to the consumer well the problem with that is cross-pollination right there's no way to stop them from well first of all it causes a problem because now you're eliminating the option Exactly. Because things are being cross-pollinated. Exactly. And secondly, that brings up a problem because I think it was Monsanto that tried to sue farmers. No, they did sue. Uh, yeah, they sued farmers. Because the saying, genetically you're, modified you're selling food, our product. Yes, is, is patented. Right. And they sued the farmers for violation. And actually, the farmers were complaining because they didn't want the, the Monsanto genetically modified corn or whatever product it was contaminating their crops right they considered it contamination and monsanto even though they were contaminating these people's crops against these people's will they said you're stealing our patent and actually turned around and sued that farmer yeah and one of the things they do when they modify these 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 plants is they make it so that the plant will not produce the seeds that come from that plant will not produce another plant Right, so you can't take... It's a take, sterile seed. Right, you can't take the seeds and plant them and grow another one. Right, and and where that naturally leads to is if Monsanto has all the patents, they own all the seeds, they're the only ones that can... Like, can you imagine what they could charge us for food? Right, exactly. If there's no more non-genetically modified food, it's almost like, look what happens with the pharmaceutical companies. When they get a patent on a medicine, they can charge you... $20,000 for a month's supply of a cancer medication that if you don't have it, you're going to die. What's going to happen if Monsanto creates so much genetically modified food that you have to buy the food from them and you can't even get seeds and grow your own food? Right. Because it won't even grow. I just think that people... So, yeah, like I said, I don't necessarily... That's not really a conspiracy theory rather than it is just... I feel like it's one of those things that people hear and they think it's crazy, but well, it's just... Well, I, it, I think in the sense that the FDA... The Food and Drug Administration has to approve a lot of these things that, you know, the farming industry, the government has to approve of these practices. And the fact that, for example, given the, the cows, antibiotics, and steroids, okay, to make them produce bigger, more meat. So the reason why it's a conspiracy is because the government is telling us this is perfectly fine. You go to the grocery store and you see a big old piece of meat and it says usda it's approved it's been checked it's safe and it's not safe and we don't find out until years later that it's not safe just like artificial sweeteners mm-hmm, yeah 
You know, everything that the FDA, if you go back and look at a lot of the things that they've approved, um, why they approve them is because of profit. Right. Yeah, you see that in the pharmaceutical industry all the time. You know, mm-hmm. they approve these drugs and, you know, hand them out to people, whatever, start selling them, and then it comes back years later, like, oh, if you were a part of this class action lawsuit, you may be right. entitled. You know, it's like, yeah, because they approve that shit, and now people are, like, dying from mm-hmm. it. I remember when that uh, HPV shot was a big thing, and I literally never heard of it before until I was, like, middle school age. And they're like, hey, you need to get this shot. And, you know, basically everyone had to get it, and I didn't get it. No. Because... All of the side effects that were coming out of it at that time, and at the age that I was, I was only like 11 years old. Right. There they, was had, absolutely... they were trying to get me to give that to you from the time you were like six. Yeah. There's a, there was absolutely no need for it. And I was like, point. no, no, you know? I'm not doing that. Um, but I just, I remember so many, so many of the side effects that ended up coming out of that. And even still to this day, you know, lots of people take birth control. and We've just accepted that as like a regular, normal medication that people take. And it's, you know, harmless and this and that. But I don't know a single person that takes it that doesn't have, you know, pretty severe problems from it. Whether it be cysts. Which, again, is just getting cysts and having them pop or having to have them removed or whatever painful, horrible thing that experience is. We've just accepted Mm -hmm. that as, like, a normal thing that happens. And I'm like, okay, but that's not normal. I mean, sometimes that does happen to people even if they're not on birth control. But I don't know how people don't see the direct link between you're messing with your hormones, you're taking these medications, and look at the increase in and cysts and you know all the stuff that happens and it's like I don't know I think that if it's your only option to avoid pregnancy then maybe it's worth those side effects mm-hmm. um but I just think people should recognize that that is not natural right. and that these side effects are directly correlated I remember with a woman trying to sell me on the shot the, the depo yeah the depo shot which had lots and lots of side effects too and the lady told me she said well this is such a great alternative because, you know, you can just take the shot. Back then it was once a month. Now I think it's th- every three months you get it. You can get ones that are like every year. Wow. I mean, there, there's... But she told me back then it was once a month shot. And she said, and, you know, you won't have your period, but that's perfectly normal. And I just looked at her and I said, there's nothing normal about that. Like, get away from me. Like, how... And the fact that people, like you said, people just think that it is normal do you remember, do you know about uh, thalidomide? Thalidomide. No, I think you're right. I think it is every three months. I think the one that I'm thinking of. Is well, back when I was introduced thing. to it, it was once a month. I think, yeah, I think uh, the depot now is like every three months. Okay. And the other, the crazy, the, the one that's even crazier than that is the implants that people yeah. get. That's yeah, wild yeah. to me too, because every single person I've known that has got one of those, even people who have already had kids, say that having it implanted is like worse a feeling, a worse feeling than childbirth. Which I've never had kids, and I don't have the implant, so I've, I've never <laughs> know that. But I I've find heard, it I've, hard to believe. But I've heard that it's absolutely horrible to have it put in. And I guess it depends on what kind of childbirth you have. Like, and I've heard that um, they get misplaced really mm-hmm. easily. They travel. Yeah, they travel. I've, mm-hmm. I, everybody I know that has had one has had to have it removed mm-hmm. because it doesn't stay in place, and that that's like a terrifying thing to me that it. It's just accepted in the medical community that this is, like, worth the risks. Mm-hmm. Um, because I get it. Like, you don't want to have a kid, and I, I, I'm all there with you. But it, the side effects that I've watched people go right. through with this, I, I don't know. It just seems One of the first big cases that I know of that had happened with was a drug called thalidomide. It was called the, uh, the morning sickness medication. And it was just to help pregnant mothers not have morning sickness. And it was hailed as this great drug, but then... 
the babies that were born to mothers who took it um, were, they called them flipper babies, which is kind of a rude way to say, but their, but the, their hands, basically they didn't have arms, like their hands came right out of their shoulders. Mm-hmm. So it caused, you know, birth, severe birth defects. But, you know, of course they said, oh, this is fine. This is, you know, just such a convenience to have this. And, I, and you know me, I'm, I'm super all natural. Like I try to not take medications. I try to just deal with, you know, being sick with, I mean, I might take over the counter stuff, but I'm really just not, I, I didn't, didn't ever take, you know, birth control pills because I just felt like you said, like it was screw, it would screw with your hormones. You know, you just got to really consider like when you upend nature, like now they're saying like, I know some women my age who are starting to, you know, go through menopause and they're like, oh, well, I go to my doctor and I get hormones so that I don't experience the issues with menopause. I'm like, Okay, but you think your body doesn't know that it's time for you to have menopause? Right, yeah, that's crazy. So when you take all these hormones to try to, like, stave off menopause, like, your body, your biological clock knows it's time for menopause. So, like, how much damage are you doing? to? What are you going to do to your body? Like, I don't know because I'm not a doctor, but I'm just saying Mother Nature has designed us to go through life the way that we're naturally supposed to. And I just feel like if you intervene in too many chemical ways – like you're gonna suffer right. repercussions. I feel that. like I'm all for um, if the medical technology is there and people are 100% aware of whatever side effects it presents, then they're free to make that choice. Oh, absolutely, they're free but to do it. But the problem lies with that, and which is where it ties into my conspiracy theory conversation, is that I feel like they misrepresent it because it makes a profit. Right. And I feel like well, we know that doctors overprescribed medications to people and lied to them. I mean, right now West Virginia, being a big center of it, is suing a lot of the opioid companies because they were. Whether the people that were selling the drugs lied to the doctors or the doctors lied to the patients, regardless, they told them that these drugs were not addictive. Right. And now we know while we're facing the biggest opioid epidemic, you know, in our entire country's history, like, right. <laughs> that and I'm we glad know it was that, a lie. I'm glad that they're holding the manufacturers responsible, but I really have a hard time with the doctors saying they didn't know it was addictive. And I'll tell you why. Uh, because they're doctors and they have a basic understanding of how chemicals affect our bodies. So um, yeah, pretty much that. But like, do you ever open a medication that you get from the pharmacy and like inside there's like this this little fold out that nobody really reads? It actually tells you about the molecular structure of that medicine. Exactly. Yeah. And the uh, what do you call it the the way that it affects your body, the actual way that it works inside your body. There's a word for that, but that's escaping me at the moment. But um. It actually tells how it, how it causes your body to do what it does. So I don't believe the doctors didn't know that it was addictive. And if they didn't know, for sure, they shouldn't have been prescribing it to people. That's just my feeling. And uh, But like I said, you know, we find that, I mean, how many, how many ones are on television right now? Like you said, lawsuits against medications that had... Uh, there's, I swear there is a new one every single day. Yeah. There are class action lawsuits every single day. I mean, uh, another one was uh, Accutane. Mm-hmm. People were prescribed Accutane for um, cystic some kind acne. of yes, yeah, cystic mm-hmm. acne, uh, dermatological problems, and uh, they had a class action lawsuit because it caused Crohn's disease in people. I <laughs> mean, wow. oh my God, you you gave someone this drug for a, a dermatological problem, and now you've given them like an incurable disease right. um, that eats their intestines. Like, you know what I mean? But I don't know how many people said, oh, yeah, I had that in high school. I had, you know, I had such bad acne to give me Accutane. And although not everyone who took it got it, a lot of people did. Right. I mean, it's awful. 
it's mm-hmm. horrible. And I don't know why we can't see that over and over again. People are so willing to go to the doctor and just take whatever their doctor hands them. Right. You know, everybody called me crazy when I went to the doctor and they're like, oh, you can take this medicine or this medicine. And I was like, I don't know. First of all, I feel like I don't know how my brain won't develop a dependency for this medication. Because at the time I was looking for something for anxiety. So I'm like, well, how, how can you tell me how this works? How if I take this every day for years and then I eventually do not want to take it, how that's not going to have a negative. I mean, I'll be depriving my brain of something it's gotten used to, you know. And I'm trying to ask all these questions, and the only responses I ever get are, well, it just it doesn't work that way. And I'm like, that is not uh, enough for me to risk this, I feel like. Um, like, I get I'm here for anxiety or whatever, like, <laughs> so maybe I'm being paranoid. But uh, no, that just sounds insane to me, especially with every single day. I see new ones that doctors prescribe these drugs, and you just trust your doctor because they take mm-hmm. an oath. But I'm like, that doesn't mean shit to me. Right. <laughs> because you make a lot of money, and I don't. Um, well, so, another yeah, thing that is talking about the medical things, um, another thing that happened that a lot of people don't realize is that the doctors, uh, back in the early, like late 1800s and up through probably like the late fifties, early sixties, there was a thing about sterilizing women. Like they sterilized thousands and thousands of women against their will or without their knowledge if they'd go into the hospital for, you know, an appendix and they had to have their appendix removed, the doctor would just, you know, decide on his own that this woman didn't need to have babies and just sterilize them. Uh, women were given what they were told was vaccinations, but it was actually injections to uh, not allow them to conceive children. So, so much of this medical stuff, it's like really scary when you look into it, The how covert and uh, harmful it was to human beings. And so we absolutely all have the right to ask questions. If people want to call you a conspiracy theorist, let them call you a conspiracy theorist. So we were going to talk about 9-11 real quick too. So when I realized that I had a different perception than other people really in a vast way was when 9-11 happened. Because I had been in college and had been studying some Mideast, Mideast issues with the Palestinians and Israelis, and I had done a couple of research reports on the propaganda and how our media portrays the Palestinians one way and the Israelis another way, and how biased the, the reporting is on that. And that kind of spurred me into studying other aspects of history. And I, I ended up learning about all the times that the United States government has overthrown other governments. Uh, by force, by assassination, by disseminating money or propaganda inside that country to affect the elections. Uh, so we have a long and very dirty history of overthrowing countries and putting the person in position of power that we want to be in power. So I had all of that kind of knowledge in my head. And then, uh, rem- like most people, like I remember where what, was, what I was doing when 9-11 happened and I was on my way to work. And uh, I heard it on the radio that a plane had crashed into, you know, the World, the World Trade Center. And then um, I had to drop something off to my mom, prescription to my mom. And I went up to drop it off, and she had the television on. And right then was when the second plane had just crashed into the building. And so at that point, she said they think it's terrorism because two planes now hit the World Trade Towers. 
and I was just like obviously utterly in shock and so I went back down to the car and and uh, I went we went to work and I walked into the office and nobody there knew what happened yet and it was the creepiest feeling to realize that I was in one world where this thing had happened and everybody else there was in a different reality where it had to happen yet and so I told them you might want to turn on a radio so people turn on radios and they were hearing what was happening and you know people kept saying I don't understand I don't understand why would anyone want to do this to America and I just thought to myself do you really not know anything about what the U.S. has done to these other countries around the world do you really have no idea and I'm not anti-American I love my country I just despise what our government has done in the name of the United States the the corrupt evil people who have been in charge at different times in our government and what they've done in our name has made people around the world hate our guts and the fact that a lot of Americans don't know that makes it very easy for them to lash out and say you know it's just these Muslims and you know to to just react instinctively in anger at this act of aggression against us and I'm not saying that I advocate for people attacking us what I'm saying is that for people to be so unaware of our history and what we've done to other countries is shocking to me it's dangerous is what it is it is dangerous because then you have an entire community of people willing to punish another group of people who literally had nothing to do with it right and of course in a lot of these instances where we went to war and engaged in aggression against other countries we did so through a false flag operation which people who know about conspiracies know what a false flag is but for people who don't it's when you create a false situation where you're saying an enemy has attacked you and really you just staged it to give you an excuse to attack your enemy right so which the the nazis use those a lot um hitler was a, a big user of false flags um and i remember watching one show where they they actually had uh german soldiers dress up um like polish soldiers i believe Com- like communists yeah and um they basically staged where they said oh these germans you know were attacked by these people in and a now, radio station. And now we have to go to Poland mm-hmm. and invade to avenge them. And it was all fake. Yes. It was all fake. All mm-hmm. of the people were Germans. Um, and I remember thinking that, like, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> so this is the first false flag in, uh, that I've learned about in history. Like, it's that, mm-hmm. you know, the most, the uh, oldest that I've heard about mm-hmm. so far. Because um, I know all the ones that they do now. Right. And I don't believe they're the ones that people all the time, these school shootings, they think they're well, these are false flags, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that. I don't think these school shootings are false flags at all. I just think that we live in a society that's deprived and hopeless at this point, and shit like this tends to happen when, when mm-hmm. people are on the edge, you know, at the edge of their, at the edge of their road. But um, I definitely think 9-11 was. The only one that I could say flag. that I believe there may have been some government involvement was um, the uh, one in Las Vegas. And I say that because... But you mean the... Uh, the one where the, the dude shot out of the hotel? Yes. 
know, what was that called? Because the country music festival. Right. And the reason I say that is because the individual involved, nothing is really understood about him, about his background, his history. He kind of seemed to come out of nowhere and just do this, and like there's not, and nothing else was ever talked about him. And yeah, wasn't there something else with that too? Like the uh, one of the hotel staff um, that was like running down the hallway to his room or whatever, and then he when they went to question him, he, he, was disappeared. Like, he disappeared. Yeah, and yeah. then he showed up on Ellen. Yeah. DeGeneres. He did an interview with Ellen DeGeneres because everybody was like, what the, like, where did that guy, did they kill that guy to keep him quiet or whatever? And then yeah. he showed up on Ellen and yeah, that was really weird. There yeah, was, was there was some weird strange. stuff about that. But I mean, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a rule called Occam's razor. And it basically says that, you know, the simplest, the simplest answer is usually the right one. If you have to go to an extreme amount of logic and contrived reasoning to come to a conclusion it's probably not the right conclusion so you if you have to force it right and so i feel like in situations where there's a school shooting and you look at it and you're like well the obvious answer is like you said people are super stressed out in our society we have access to guns i just feel like we don't we don't have mental health services so there's so many contributing factors to people basically going off the deep end. Well, and the more and that more they happen. That seems like the more reasonable answer. The more and more they happen, it's it's completely clear why people do it is because they know they'll become infamous. I mean, you decide to shoot up a school and suddenly you're the next Charles Manson. I mean, these people just, we, our media has absolutely propped these people up on a pedestal to have every piece of their life examined mm-hmm. and they make them into somebody. Right, and, and I, the thing that doesn't make sense, people, that's, but, that's worth it. But the them. people that, this is the thing, the people that are claiming that they're false flag events, why do they say that they're being done is because to take your guns, right? Right, which has never happened. How which, many shootings have happened right. and we still have our guns? Which A, has never happened, and B, if you look at the individuals who have done these shootings, the ones that leave large manifestos have been, most of them, kind of on the right. Right, exactly. So would they conduct an event that is going to cause you to lose your gun rights if they're kind of on your side. Like, that kind of doesn't make any sense. And as far as, you know, there's been a lot of controversy over the Sandy Hook thing. And I think that, you know, the reason that that became such a huge conspiracy theory was because, um, first first of all, there was the video of the father who came out and was supposed to give a statement about his daughter being killed. That's kind of the thing that started the ball rolling. Wait, what was that? I don't know about that. So... The father of one of the victims, and I can't remember his name right now, but he was due to come out and make a pre- press conference about his daughter being killed. And this happened like that day or, or maybe early the next day. And so the camera was on, and he walks up. He's, he's not in front of the mic, but he's kind of off to the side of this little stage area. And he's laughing, and he's seeming normal, and then they tell him it's time for him to make a statement. And he walks up and he says, are we on? And then they tell him, yeah, like the camera's on. And then he like musters up this big emotional, like he's crying and it's so fake. So that kind of like took people like, what, what? See, now in situations like that, the first, the automatic first thing I think of when you say that is that that's just the media that hired an actor to hype up their story. Because what person who just lost their child wants to get on camera and put on an act for you? 
it wouldn't lead me to believe that what happened was fake at all. It would just mm-hmm. make me believe that there, this is just the media again wanting their story, and this is the easiest way to get it. Well, and Sandy Hook is kind of the perfect case scenario for trying to prove a negative. So if you say, well, I believe Bigfoot exists, and you say, well, that's bullshit, Bigfoot doesn't exist, I go, well, prove he doesn't exist. Well, you can't prove he doesn't exist. Exactly, yeah. Right? So what happened with Sandy Hook was there were all these things that people said didn't make any sense. They just didn't make sense. So what you have was a flood of questions. And then what you got from the other side was, we're not talking about this. We're not releasing any information. We're totally shutting this down. We're closing the school down. We're going to take the school to rubble just to... They, they like literally wouldn't let any information come out at all. Supposedly out of respect for the parents, they, they completely had this intense veil of secrecy. And I heard the people, some people went to um, Connecticut and tried to, you know, uh, talk to people and say, hey, you know, did you know these families? Did you know? And like they were kicked out of town because <laughs> they're like, leave these people alone. Their children died. Eventually, there was a lawsuit against Alex Jones over the whole incident because mm-hmm. he was saying that this was all staged, it was all fake, and the family said that they suffered emotional trauma because of him, so they sued him. And he was subsequently kicked off a couple of different platforms because they were like, listen, we don't want you on here spreading any of your stuff. But the, the thing is, whenever you get a situation where people are asking questions and they're 100% denied answers, it only fuels the feeling that there is something to hide. Yeah, and I get that, but I also get it from the side of the families. This just feels like here we are in America, and yet again, here's another tragedy, and we choose not to be a part of the media, which contributes to this ever-growing trend that's happening. Right. And so they're like, oh, you don't want to be a part of our media show? Well, guess what, fucker? Like, now we're going to wreck you. Like, because mm-hmm. you're going to give us something to put on the news, whether you play into it and give us a story we want. Or we twist it up so we can have another mangled story. Like, right. I don't know. When it comes down to these things, I, I just think that out of the media is probably always to blame. Because they will twist and turn anything to, you know, be what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's ne- it's never the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think if you listen to like five different news stations, there's probably bits of truth and maybe somewhere in between <laughs> what they're saying there might be some truth. But I don't know. Personally, I've seen even local news cover things. And it's like, I was there. I literally watched this event happen. And what the news said happened is just, it's right. just not Same the Same thing with me. I've listened to police chases on the scanner. And I hear them say what direction they're traveling and who, who's actually chasing the person. Then news comes out. It's a different police department. It's on the different highway. Right, <laughs> yeah. Like... They're just completely wrong. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. I just don't trust the news. It's always better to try to go to the original source. Always, yeah. always, always. So I look at, you know, official documents release documents that have been uh, gotten through FOIA requests, radio traffic, you know, talking to individuals who were there. Like, I always try to just go to the original source to get my information, if it's possible. But so much of the time, you know, the government locks down that information, and you can't get to it. Like, there have been FOIA requests submitted for Jeffrey Epstein for all the emails that went back and forth for the decisions about why he was taken off Suicide Watch how frequently the cameras are checked in the prison. If there's a malfunction, like is there any kind of system that notifies them the cameras are malfunction? There, people have requested so much information about his stay there, and it's being denied under the auspices of his privacy, which he's dead. Yeah, that's all bullshit. 
that's all total bullshit. And the government needs to release that information because there's a, a, a general interest of the public. It's in the general interest of the public to know these things. And our tax dollars bought that prison and right, paid exactly. for that prison. So we have a right to know it. You know what I mean? Then um, people just have to keep continue to ask questions and try to force the government. Like, as far as the JFK stuff, that stuff still needs to come out. Um, now, the 9-11, I did want to say this, uh, which is funny. We've talked all this time yet. We haven't really got to the 9-11. Um, I do think that 9-11 was a conspiracy inside of our government. I think it involved our government, Israeli intelligence, and also the Saudi government. I do believe that those towers were brought down by explosives uh, because I think it's ridiculous that anybody looks at those buildings come down and come to any other conclusion that they came down as a result of explosions and nothing else is ridiculous. Uh, Tower 7 wasn't even hit by a plane, and they're trying to tell people that that building came down because normal office fire contents, that's nonsense. Uh, so you've got people people in the architectural community coming together and saying it just looks like I mean from all the videos and the comparisons and all the research I've seen it looks like a demolition absolutely it doesn't look like all oh, plane hit this building and it toppled over or you know, started collapsing in on itself to a certain you know no it looks like an orchestrated demolition Correct. there's just no two ways about it I, I don't know how people look at those videos and watch the footage and knowing all the things that we know now about how we went to war you know all, all the shit that's gone on since then i don't know how people look at 9-11 and still don't think right that it was completely an orchestrated event i mean just that one factor i mean if you leave out all the other all the other massive amount of, of evidence that that we, we have about it you know i was a firefighter for several years and when you are, are learning about you know go entry entry into a building and you have to look structurally at you know, how sound is that building? Because you're just, if it collapses in on you, you know, you're dead. So you have to understand different types of building structure. Um, you know, like the prefab houses today are a lot less safe than older houses just because of the way they're constructed. And when you look at those buildings, um, Tower 7 in particular was reinforced and was actually supposed to be a headquarters where people would go in case there was a major event because it was, it was a reinforced structure. And to, to say that a normal fire, a fire from normal contents, like office contents and stuff, could get hot enough to collapse that building and collapse it evenly. You know, fire doesn't destroy a building universally in the same way. It burns hot in, this, in an area, and then it, it, the, the heat is not, it's not even. It doesn't happen evenly. So for me, to watch those buildings come straight down, in a nice straight down fashion right in their own footprint is just complete evidence there was explosive use and uh the architects for engineer architects and engineers for 9-11 truth have been pursuing that 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 uh, the the examination of evidence to show that that explosives were used and recently as of you know in november early november they got a letter saying that um the they're going to have a grand jury investigation where they are going to be allowed to present the evidence that they have amassed to show that explosives were used in the bringing down of those buildings. And you say, well, what, what really, what good is that going to do? Well, the good it will do is because if they present the evidence that there were explosives used to bring down those buildings 
and the grand jury looks at it and they say, well, that's convincing evidence. We believe that someone did plant explosives in there. Okay, well now they can issue indictments for the persons involved, even though they don't know who those persons are. What that does is it begins to unravel the government's story. Right. The Which BS I mean, story that they've given us. A lot of people all the time ramble off the comment, you know, well, George Bush did 9-11. And personally, from everything that I've read and all the things that I know about the paperwork that was involved and the moving of assets, you know, all, all everything, all the backstory combined, I don't think Bush was involved. I think he was clueless. And I think even if, even if president was going to be involved out of all the presidents, they weren't going to tell him. They weren't going to tell him. He was he he was a loose screw. You know what I mean? They were not going to give him that kind of information. I, I don't think that they told him. I think if anybody knew, Dick Cheney knew. I just don't think I don't think Bush was the one running the show there. I think he was just like a, hey, look, let's put this guy that everybody liked. Let's put his son in here for a little while. And we already know that we can trust their family and everything. You know what I mean? We've got all the connections here. I just don't think that. Uh, I don't think he was the one calling the shots. I think he was just a figurehead, like all presidents are. I think that he would have had to submit to whatever plan the CIA came up with. I don't think he would have had a choice if he was against it, but I don't think he was against it. I think that I they, don't think he knew about it. I think that Dick Cheney and I think it was a perfect setup too that they're like, "Oh, Bush, go read to these middle school children or whatever," while the towers are. Cra- no, I think it, all that was set up, but I don't think Bush knew anything about it. I think if between the two of them, Bush and Cheney. I don't know. I just look at George Bush like he was some drunk college frat boy whose dad was important, so they made him president. It's possible, uh, but he wasn't think, oil, he, they are an oil family. I think that Dick Cheney was the, the evil And they have mastermind. long ties. The Bush family has really long ties to the Saudi royals. Oh, and it's not that I don't think the Bush family was involved. I just don't think he specifically was the one. I think he was just the connection between Dick Cheney and them. Um, Dick Cheney to the Bush family, and then, you know what I mean? I, I see all the connections there. Mm-hmm. I just personally don't think that George Bush was involved. He, and I just, I think he was too much of a, you know, what if he went out on a bender? I mean, after all those years of being an alcoholic and just blatted that out. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine the eye that they would have to keep on him if this was a legitimate inside job and they told him everything? They would just have to hope forever that he kept his mouth shut? No, I don't, I just think he was too much of a liability for him to know anything. It's possible. Anything's possible. But I, I do believe with, with as much discussion as there was in think tanks and also inside Halliburton boardrooms about how they could manage to get into Iraq like there was discussions going on 20 years before 9-11 about how are we going to get in there yeah there's there's absolutely no doubt in my mind how are we going to get in there you know so they I just think and they in America had no reason well and it's still to this day too it just shows how misinformed people are and you know it's crazy that when I was in high school and I'm like, oh my God, why am I just now learning about all of this? And like, why was I led to believe that this is actually what happened? And it was all very strange. But up until, you know, when Trump was imposing those travel bans and he's like, got all these countries on it, but uh, Saudi Arabia, not one of them. (laughs) Like, okay, well then clearly, you know what I mean? But then people spout off all this stuff. Well, 9-11, like, okay, well they told us supposedly that the Saudis were behind 9-11. Well, no. No, no, no. 17 of the 19 hijackers were supposedly Saudis. However, they never said the Saudi government was behind it. Okay, yeah, but my whole point is 17 of the 19 were Saudis. Yeah. 
but let's not put them on the travel ban list. How does that make any sense at all? Well, what, but a lot of people spouted that. When Trump did the travel ban, they're like, whoa, 9-11, blah, 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 terrorism. I'm just like, that no, that doesn't even correlate. That doesn't even, that don't make any sense at all. Well, if you read the 9-11 commission report, which is, a lot of it's bullshit, but if you read what is there, you know, forget what they left out, but if you read what is there, they knew that the people that were involved in 9-11 were in the country, they were being monitored, they were being followed, they had gotten phone calls from the flight school where these guys were, where Muhammad Atta and, and the other, Hamzi, I think was his name, where they were taking classes and didn't seem really particularly interested in landing, learning to land, just, just getting off the ground and flying. <laughs> I mean, they were, there were so many things, red flags, that the government knew about. And they also had in- collected intelligence that said that Osama bin Laden supposedly said that his plan was to hijack planes and fly them into buildings. Mm-hmm. In fact, on 9-11, there was actually a drill going on. The military was conducting a drill. This is so hard to believe, but this is the truth. They were conducting a drill about terrorists hijacking planes and flying them in the buildings. And I think that the government conducted those drills on the same day they actually planned the attack so that what's going to happen when you get planes up in the air that have been hijacked, okay? Good people, reasonable people, human beings who want to stop the terrorist attack are going to do that. Well, you don't want those people in your way, right? You don't want those good civilians and good military people who actually don't want a terrorist to crash a plane into a building. You have to think of some way to get them to stop them from doing their job. So they created the whole exercise for confusion because there was radio traffic that went back and forth between the pilots in the planes saying, is this real or is this drill? And they were saying, no, it's real. But just to think of the fact of how they were trying to confuse all the people that Precious might have time lost. Yeah, exactly. So in, in a lot of these cases, like the bombings in, in uh, Europe, the train bombings, their emergency management was conducting a terrorist training about bombs on trains. I mean, it's, it's a little bit ridiculous when you, when you put all the pieces together to believe that these things aren't somehow being either known about by the government or being perpetrated by the government. Right. And when people say, well, you know, would you do you really believe that your own government would kill its own? Yes. 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 Say it again for the people in the back. Yes. yes. <laughs> the government will kill its own people. They will inject babies with radioactive stuff. They will conduct medical experience on people and turn their brains to mush. Yes. Yeah. They will kill they will. you. <laughs> Absolutely. So... <laughs> I think the last thing we were going to touch on was moon landings. Were the moon landings fake? And so the moon landings are kind of a fun one because I remember, this is a really funny story, me and my husband were having this argument. This was back in, geez, like 2003. We're on our way to work, both worked at the same place. And we would always get into these big arguments and debates in the car about crazy shit. So we're arguing about the moon landings. And I'm, of course, on the... The moon landings were fake side, and he's on the, no, they weren't faked. So I'm telling him about the shadows and all these different things I'd heard about the moon landings being fake. So we get to work, 
And he comes into my office and I'm crumpling up these pieces of paper to replicate the boulders in the picture. <laughs> and then I take the lamp on my desk and I unscrew it and I take the shade off so that I can hold it up like it's the sun. And I'm trying to show him how the changing topography of the moon would cause the shadows to like deviate into different directions because that's what we were arguing about, the shadows and the pictures. And a coworker walked in and was looking at, like, I'm there with a lamp holding it up. And there's these crumpled papers on the desk. And I just looked at her and she said, I, I don't, I don't want to know. And she just walked because <laughs> she did not want me to explain what we were arguing about that day. But anyway, so I've, I've you know, I've researched a little bit about the, the moon landings. And although it does seem a little bit insane that we would have faked the moon landings, I just want to say in my own defense that they're talking about going back to the moon with ma a manned, you know, space flight to the moon. And they don't know how to do it. They're like acting like this has never been done before. Yeah, it is a little suspicious that we supposedly went to the moon and now we've like, never what been the, back. Like the last time we supposedly left the moon like the last time a human being was on the moon and came back to earth was 1972 i was two yeah i'm 40 gonna be 49 next month and you mean to tell me that you can't pull out the fucking blueprints from the original shit and be like how can we rebuild this yeah seriously <laughs> come on we got elon musk now <laughs> it's a little bit ridiculous we got space force now What's of course on? we've sent a lot of no, me personally, uh-uh. I think Buzz Aldrin saw some shit up there, and he came back and was like, don't ever go back to the moon. And that's why we haven't been back there. I think well, we landed on the moon. I just think that we saw some shit there, and we're like, do not go back to the moon. Like, you're fucking with some shit you don't know what you're doing. Like, leave the no, moon alone. That could be true. I, I mean, think that's what it is. They say there's aliens in Antarctica, too. That's another one. That there's. Oh, we're, I can't wait to do part awful. two of this conspiracy theory <laughs> thing, because we had just, like, scratched the surface of every single one that we can think of off yes. the top of our heads like there are so many conspiracies and like each one could be like an hour-long show yeah so please leave us your comments about which ones you really want us to zero in on and get into some detail on because we both love conspiracy so in lieu of any really serious news that needs covered we'll just continue and and the way that this relates to because somebody asked me this like how are you gonna how do conspiracy theories relate to your your show's theme of the 99% versus the 1%. Well, I'll tell you, because the vast majority of conspiracies are done by the 1% against the rest of us. Right, exactly. It's not like all of us are getting together and like, let's have a conspiracy against the 1%. Oh, wait, that's called democracy. <laughs> that's our giant conspiracy. We're going to vote to end billionaires. Oh, my God, they figured us out. That's our conspiracy. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, you guys can get at us uh, on Twitter at project 99 cast um i feel like this is going to become a regular thing like maybe one week we'll do what's going on in the news uh barring any kind of you know crazy shit happening like the impeachment which i feel like you know we we had we, to do we, would, we had that. to cover it yeah we had to um but i'd like to do a conspiracy theory topic you know once a month at least just because there are there are just so many and i feel like um you know we just we talked about and we mentioned so many different ones um during the course of this episode, which a lot of them I know we mentioned because we're both familiar with it and didn't go into detail. Um, but I hope that, you know, just, just off of what you've heard, you might be like, oh, I'm going to go look that up because that sounds really interesting. Um, but I'm hoping eventually we will get to get into the details of some of them. And I know already that the next one 
I want to do is the Project MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about that just because it just shocks me. I don't I don't know why every time I hear about our government doing horrific things to us that I'm like shocked all over again. Uh, it's like it's like um, I don't know. It's like the horrible truth. You know what I mean? Like you don't you just don't want to you don't want to believe it. Right. Um, and I'm fascinated by those things. So but there are, and there are lessons to be learned by the 99% about how we can stop ourselves from being human guinea pigs and being cannon fodder for these unnecessary wars that our government keeps throwing us into. Like it is, it is a repeating pattern that we as 99% have to figure out and fight against. Right. Yeah. If you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. Exactly. So I think, um, especially since conspiracy theories are one of those things that it's like, um, you get the real crazy people to talk about them and they talk about like nut job ones, you know, like flat earth and shit like that and it's just it's absolutely insane there's like no credible evidence to it or like you know those we talked about those q people on uh reddit yeah and they just scary they just make up shit out of numbers i mean this is not the kind of conspiracies that we're talking about this is this is like substantiated listen there's some evidence here that makes us ask questions and this might actually lead somewhere right there's Um, ones that are historical that have been found out and exposed and we know the details about then there are ones like the Epstein thing, where it started out kind of as a oh, crazy kind of thing, but some elements of it are true, mm-hmm. and we're still trying to get to the end of it. And then there's ones that we have no idea about. Right, yeah. So I feel like I, I definitely want to focus on the historical ones, but maybe we'll throw in some of those, you know, talk about Loch Ness or some shit. Although I went there. <laughs> I went to Loch Ness Lake, and I didn't see a damn thing. A bunch of sheep up there. That's, that's all there is. Literal sheep, not like the sheep we have here that are actually people. I'm talking like furry, fuzzy, little cotton sheep. They're everywhere. <laughs> so like we said guys uh you can get a hold of us on twitter at project 99 cast um you can send us a dm or just tweet at us uh, i'm gonna throw something up maybe we'll start doing some polls or something when we know we're gonna do these conspiracy theories ones because like i said there's just so many to pick from i definitely love to hear about what people want us to investigate um i'll probably throw one up so that we can do a little bit of, it, we're gonna have to do some digging we like to do our own digging and uh see what we can come to on our own so i'll try to throw a poll up later uh but this episode won't be going up till saturday so we got a little bit of time got a little time to do some digging but other than that i guess uh hopefully next week when we come back we'll have some impeachment updates still waiting to hear about that i I doubt anything's going to be done over the holiday now um which we didn't even get into that we didn't even get into the indigenous people's day or (laughs) like any of that but that's for another day i guess so (laughs) well this is juke signing off And this is Mick signing off.